Welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, July 13th. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage and in some cases start conversations. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, and politics, and identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us, and we do it all right here from the Cattaraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk Native. I've got Ed Schindler in studio, and uh, we're going to talk uh, about a couple of different things. But before we get started, let me remind people that um, uh, this show does stream live, as far as audio goes, on our website, which is www.letstalknative.com. We stream live video of the show on Facebook Live. So if you are catching our audio and you want to see our shining faces, you can go to Facebook. Uh, we're on a bunch of different uh, group pages, so we're easy to find, especially if you're on any of the native group pages. Yeah, so we are probably too, so uh, you can find us easy enough. We do take the show's audio. We post it up on SoundCloud afterwards, which uh, not only leaves it available for downloads on SoundCloud, but it also puts it on your favorite podcast platforms where you can also download the show. We take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. And uh, you are welcome to, to share those videos and uh, check out the videos of this show, the show I do in New York, and some of our short-form videos. Um, as I said, um, I'm John Kane, and uh, I am the show's host and producer. I'm joined in studio by Jake Proud, who is uh, managing our audio and our sound. I said that again, audio and our, audio and our video. <laughs> And, of course, um, I've got Ed, Ed Schindler in studio with us as well. Um, well, let me, let me first start off. Uh, today was an interesting day. I went down to, uh, to the um, Erie Basin Marina um, where a replica of the Santa Maria was docked. And, and the whole, you know, again, this, the ship has been making the rounds, and, and it's been around for a couple of years, actually, I think, um, even – uh, you know in various places and and it gets met with uh with some different receptions along the way and of course white people love the damn thing um so when we show up there and i show up there and i've got my warrior shirt on or, and you know my indigenous hat on and uh and some folks show up uh, other native people show up and other people who who have been joining us in our fight against the celebration of columbus day or columbus period um 
And we're carrying signs that say things like genocide and slavery and, you know, rape and all that other stuff that Columbus is clearly associated with. Um, we are not always received that well uh, by some of the general non-native public. Um, but it does give us an opportunity to engage them. And, you know, sometimes that engagement can be a little caustic, but other times you know, we can have a real exchange of, uh, of ideas. As it turns out, um, one of the, the folks that came out to, to speak with us was one of the crew members of this uh, Santa Maria. And, you know, and, and he tried to dismiss, you know, the uh, try to almost separate Columbus and the the genocide that would follow his his arrival to this hemisphere with um, just the idea that they've got this beautiful boat that they've recreated. And I said, well, you can't come here with with a with one of Columbus's a replica of one of Columbus's vessels and not expect there to be a reaction to what Columbus brought, you know, what this vessel did. I said, this represents one of the first slave ships that, that entered, um, entered the Western Hemisphere. And, and I said, not, not to bring slaves, but to take our people back. That, this ship may have had a little girl raped right inside it, this, uh, the, what the, this ship represents. I said, well, not this one, because um, the, the Santa Maria sunk in the, uh, you know, in the harbor uh, in the Caribbean. Well, regardless, it, it was a part of three ships that did transport not just slaves, but in particular, young girls. Because that was the hot commodity to bring back to Europe. So these guys who come who came on these ships, you know, Columbus and his men, and, and Columbus is always illustrated as being this pious, you know, God-fearing, you know, put the banner in the ground for, you know, for, for the Catholic Church, right? In the meantime, this is a guy who committed all kinds of heinous acts against these people. And it was about greed. It was about gold. It was about... Uh, making money off of this thing so anyway uh we we had an interesting conversation and of course the the immediate response and 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 the crew members from spain you know so this you know these guys made the trip right from 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 spain to uh you know to the americas and um you know so he's trying to treat this like well yeah but that was a long time ago so yeah but we still have issues today i says you sailed this from spain he says yes I says, well, how interesting is that? You could actually get on, on a ship and you could come to the United States. You, you could come to our country, our lands, uh, and you're free to do that. He goes, yeah. I says, it's funny. I can't go to your country. And he says, what do you mean you can't go to my country? I says, I cannot travel to Europe. In fact, I can't travel outside of the, um, the United States, uh, you know, as far as Canada and the United States are concerned, unless... I carry their passport unless I renounce who I am and my own identity, accept the imposition of U.S. or Canadian citizenship and travel with their documents. I And it's not just the United States and Canada. Your country won't accept me either. So your country could send you off on a voyage, you know, to, you know, to, uh, you know, put this, this, this ship on display, the ship that is a part of the, the beginning of the, of a 500 year genocide. And yet funny thing is I can't go to your country. I said, so when you tell me this is about, you know, a ship, a 500-year-old ship, no, it's about what this ship has brought here for 500 years. That's what the, what the issue is over. So, I mean, that was the, the conversation. And look, and I said, I, I have no ill will against you as, as a crew member. But he saw the, our banners of, you know, things like murder and genocide. And he goes, he goes, he, he goes that hurts me. I says, why? Do you think I'm, I'm, I'm calling you a rapist? 
Do you think that's what we're doing here? I just what the, what the ship represents are are those uh, those acts. But if you're offended by it, I'm offended that you're offended by it. Because yeah. you want to come here and you want to heroize this this vessel, you want to heroize this 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 journey. I mean, he started telling me he goes, "Oh yeah, these men had to be on this ship for this many months, and uh, and they, you know, they all they had to they're, they're literally just drinking water and eating worms." This is, yeah, they weren't just drinking water either. I'll, I'll bet you had the, the ship was loaded down with plenty of rum, because that's what showed up here: a bunch of drunks and a bunch of rapists, <laughs> so, and you know so. When we get into the conversation about who Columbus really was and what these ships represented, and 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 he, of course he doesn't disagree, and and he actually comes around a little bit. But at first, you know, at, at first glance, he's just you know not happy with the idea that that we're there um, with these words that that represent truth, but but are not comfortable. They are some inconvenient truths. Yeah, they didn't like the portrayal, and therefore it extended to them in his mind. And unfortunately, that a lot of the things that were done by that voyage have still portrayed and still extend. Well, and you know, and again, for me to to, to talk about you know, the passport issue, I says you have to understand this is in 1913, and I've, and I've talked about this on the show before, but in 1913, the idea of stripping away somebody's uh, nationhood and imposing on others was considered a war crime. By the, uh, you know, after World War I, that war crime, that denationalization would be called genocide. I says we're still experiencing it today. Yeah, we, we, we are still suffering with missing and murdered indigenous women, just like the ones that got taken in ships just like that. I said we're we're still experiencing you know uh, the uh, some of the oppression and the poverty that those ships brought to our uh, uh, to our lands and so I mean that's the conversation to have and that's the one, that's one we did have and but there's but it's interesting because you know this ship this isn't the first time it's docked you know this is this is here in Buffalo it's been here for I guess a week um, so it was our first opportunity to uh, to give a counter narrative. To the one that you know that this crew is, and, and I'll tell you the whole time that that he's there talking to me, one of his other crew members is grabbing him by the arm, trying to pull him away. I mean, they didn't, they did not. I mean, the rest of his crew did not want to engage this conversation, and so that was interesting in of itself. And and of course, the the non-native you know visitors, the ones who you know are all happy to go see the tall ships and the canal side and all that other stuff, and wanted to go visit the, the Santa Maria, they were particularly offended um, that that we were there. And you could hear them, you know, speaking you know in negative terms about uh, you know us being idiots and protesters and and that kind of stuff. I mean, telling their children. Although a few people said, well, there's you know there's that you know, and, and so they a few people kind of accepted, but. But I would say, by and large, most of the white people that were there to visit the Santa Maria were kind of pissed that we were there, and they expressed it. Now the cops were doing their job; they they were, you know, telling us try try not to block the sidewalks and that kind of stuff. And 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 we had a, a decent engagement with the with the police officers who were, that were there. But then also we had a crew that came by water; they came in uh, in in the kayaks and and the canoes and and um, uh, Daryl and. Uh, 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 was was singing and she was, uh, had a hand drum and and it was just to listen to to how that sound of the drumming and the singing how it came across the water water has a has a 
you know, the great effect that water has on, on sound. And, you know, our music and our voices and our, our uh, you know, our drum has a tendency to really travel across that water. So before we could even see them, uh, we, we could hear, we could, you know, hear the drum and hear the voice. So it, it was great. And so well, you know, we, we basically had some folks in the water around the ship, and then we had some folks on the, on the, on the land. And, um, you know, and I thought we were respectful. Obviously, if you hang a banner that says genocide, rape, and murder, and that kind of stuff, I mean, that's, that's, look, that's just the truth. I mean, and, you know, I know that's a, and, you know, the, the crazy part is what people fail to realize is that the reason we know this stuff is because these guys wrote all that stuff down. I mean, the fact that Columbus actually paid his men with, with little girls, you know, gave some of his men some young girls to, you know, to, you know, to beat into submission until they could turn them into sex slaves. I mean, that's, you know, that's some of the reality and it's documented. I mean, one of the, the, the his captains talked about, you know, what it took to turn her into, uh, you know, into his, his little uh, muse. And, you know, and, and that's, they, I mean, they actually wrote this stuff down because they weren't embarrassed by it. They, they dehumanized us enough that, you know, in their minds that they could, they could do these things. And, and, of course, with them, they brought venereal diseases. They, they, brought, they brought violence and greed and, and all kinds of other things. So, um, but, you know, the other thing is that there is a bit of a backstory. Like I said, this isn't the first place it docked. And apparently this thing, you know, it, this docked, docked at a friend. Uh, I have a friend of Benakwasasne uh, who's been here on the show, Loran, it, uh, Loran Thompson. It, this thing docked at his marina on the St. Lawrence. And you know what? The folks at Aquasasne were actually probably a lot more gracious than we were here. I mean, they, they were actually, you know, they'd done some outreach to them, tried to talk to them, tried to engage with them. Um, from what I understand, they, they gave them a flag to, to fly. And now, some people said that they, they gave them a, a Hiawentha flag or a, a Haudenosaunee flag to fly while they were in Aquasasne. But the, the fact of the matter is, if they were really given this, this flag to fly, they should have had that flag flown the whole time that they were in Haudenosaunee territory. And they right. certainly didn't have it flying when they were here in, uh, in Buffalo. Um, so there was that. And, and again, you know, I, I have some friends in Aquasasne who, who said they tried to, you know, reach out and be, you know, amicable to, with these folks. And, um, but they were, they were pretty standoffish. Um, maybe they're expecting more of the reception that we gave. Now they also came, uh, as they came across, um, Lake Ontario, they made it to um, Rochester, and from what I understand, the uh, the Native American Services um, um, a Community Services Organization was prepared to give them a plaque. Now it doesn't quite make sense to me, but apparently, what this plaque was was it 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 was a written apology, although. Apparently, the native people wrote the apology for the crew of the um, the, the Santa Maria, to, mm-hmm. and then it was an acceptance of an apology. So they crafted the apology, and then I guess accepted the apology all all in one. And so there was a plaque commemorating this this exchange of forgiveness, I guess. And um, so they accepted it, and you know, and that that all made some paper. So. So they got two fairly warm receptions from from, from some native gr- folks in both in Aquasasne and Rochester, and and then we showed up. <laughs> then we showed up, and and it wasn't quite as friendly. Now the interesting thing is, and and this is again part of the backstory. Um, 
and look, people can dispute whether this is, is the truth or not. But from what I understand, the very guy that I was in, uh, engaged with in a, in a conversation, and it was a pretty long conversation, um, and it was caught on videotape. There was a, an Italian fu- film crew that's been filming some of this Santa Maria stuff. Um, they were right there, camera right there, you know, catching this this conversation. Um, but the guy that I was engaged with with in with this conversation. Came back out. I, I left, you know, after you know an hour and a half or something like that. I, I left. I had some stuff I had to do, so I, I spoke my piece and you know made my presence known there. But so this crew member who was being whisked away by by some of his other crewmates um, engaged uh, guys like Joe Hill and uh, um, uh, Nate Buckley. You know some of the other folks that were there, and apparently said something to the effect that this plaque that they had gotten. There, his I don't know what they call his captain. I don't know what his his senior officers threw it away. They threw it away. So this this gracious, almost too gracious as far as I'm concerned, gesture that was offered by native people in Rochester um, just made it to a dumpster, according to this crew member. That's what that's what he told our our folks that were there. Now. It makes you wonder: Is that the same place that the that the uh, um, Hiawatha belt flag, the uh, Haudenosaunee flag, that uh, they were giving up on Aquasasi? Did that end up in the same dumpster or a different dumpster? I don't know. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just kind of you know. So even as these folks are are making these tours, and I, I assume they're making money, they're probably charging admission. I don't know, but um, and and they're and they're being sponsored by various things. You can see when they are engaged positively or you know with a little certain a little bit of acrimony they are regarding us as you know as the enemy and and so even as when people are graciously offering you know an olive branch i guess you can see how they took it they took it and they they tossed it in the trash afterwards and they don't they certainly didn't put it on display so and and maybe that's what the guys in rochester thought maybe that and maybe that's what the folks at aquasasi thought that uh you know We'll give them a Haudenosaunee flag. We'll uh, almost in Eastern Door, the Mohawks. <clears throat> we'll give them a Haudenosaunee flag, and um, and they'll fly that flag while they're uh, traversing our territories. Well, that didn't happen. They might have put it up for a picture in Aquasasti, but then it it probably ended up in the same place uh, as this this plaque from Rochester. So it kind of shows you how they really feel about us, and you know. So when we we we, we engage folks like this. Whether it's you know we're talking about the Columbus statues that you know that are still all over the place in every major city, including including Buffalo. Um, whether we're, we're we're supporting the efforts to change Columbus Day into Indigenous Peoples Day, and you know frankly, I'm not even saying that it has to be Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm just saying celebrating you know, Columbus Day is um, is is a farce because for one thing. You know, even the Italian Americans who want to claim him as their patron saint or whatever else, he never made it to New York. He never made it to North America. In fact, he died believing that he had still reached reached the eastern um, uh, islands of the of the Indies of of Indonesia. I mean, I don't think he ever accepted the fact that he hadn't reached his goal. And and so keep that thing put that in, in perspective. So. This guy miscalculated the size of the earth almost by half. Certainly by one full, you know, an ocean and a half and a, and a full continent. So this 
the speculative journey that he thought he was going to you know embark on that would that would you know enable him to have a faster route to to you know for the the riches of trade that would come from the uh, from the east um it just never it, it, it never materialized because he actually was sailing farther away from india and the and the spice routes and and all that other stuff than uh than closer to it um, he he was closer to india and even indonesia you know um when he was in the port in spain than at any other time during his journey because he was actually sailing farther away never even came close i mean so this wasn't some great navigator because he was not only defying con- the conventional wisdom. Well, look, whether conventional wisdom could have foreseen that there was another landmass isn't the issue, but the conventional wisdom was that you could not make it to the uh, you know to the East Indies uh, by sailing by sailing west, uh, at least not make it a shorter trip. Most people had already calculated fairly accurately. That not only was the was the Earth round, but that it was that that its size was such that it would have been a much longer journey through not just unknown waters and obviously unknown lands, you know, to to go all the way around. I mean, I, I don't think it was unimaginable that the, because the Earth was round that you could get there eventually, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a shorter trip. So Columbus was wrong; he was very wrong, and uh, so his speculative journey was a bust the only thing that that came out of it was uh the church awarding this discovery of land to queen isabella and king ferdinand uh, awarding them the land the church did that and of course uh, opened up uh this idea of of bringing putting uh, making uh native people slaves first you know to try to grab every piece of wealth they could off of the uh the caribbean islands that these white men had gone to and of course um bringing a bunch of them in chains back to uh back to spain to be sold off as sex slaves or, or the various you know various other purposes i think there's one very important thing to look at and that's um that kids as young as 10 years old have learned columbus and all that as far as what they teach in their curriculum. But they don't teach them about the genocide, the slavery, the rapists, the rapes that have, that were carried out by them, and how those those aspects were ordained by the church, as well as by King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella. That those are things that are neglected to be taught, and therefore people look at these these ones who, who are objecting to the to this to this display and calling them basically idiots when the fact is that they're the ones who are idiots in terms of history okay that is one thing that people have to come to awareness of because there's a whole bunch of that hidden away in US history mm, yeah. at least hidden from from the people who are taking their school system well, I, um, I I do have a comment here. It looks like uh, um, uh, Ronald Garo, uh, who is no fan of, of me or my show necessarily, uh, said that there was no. Let me see. He says there was no acceptance of forgiveness in Rochester. There was a meeting with the crew of this ship, and the effects of the Columbus voyage and colonization were explained to them. Well, they didn't sound like they knew anything about it when we had talked to them. Um, they did fly the flag in Rochester after they were asked why they didn't, um, uh, why didn't, 
why they did not have it flying. Um, after the meeting, the crew were presented uh, the plaque. And now, again, nobody's explaining to me what this plaque um, actually said, but from what I understand, you know, the, the plaque was very, very gracious. Um, and um, uh, and let's see, and, and were asked to display it on the ship. Well, just for the record, it isn't displayed on the ship. And, and according to one of the crew members, the plaque was dis, uh, was discarded. So, um, um, again, I know the, the 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 folks in Rochester were trying to be be very very gracious to these guys, and um, and and apparently it didn't work out so well. Uh, according to the the crew member that I spoke to, um, they they. They didn't keep this. They neither did they keep the the this uh, plaque on display, nor do they have the um, the hood and the flag on display. So whether they discarded the flag or not, I don't know. But according to the crew member, they did dis- discard the uh, the plaque. So um, maybe uh, some of the folks from Rochester can can post a picture of what that plaque actually was. So so we all understand it because it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me as it was explained to me. So maybe you know the information that I got was wrong and and. I'm, I, I very, I very much can accept the fact that the information that I got was wrong. But they were, um, again, according to Ron Garo, who was who was a part of the the crew there that that I'm sure engaged these guys. Um, did uh, they did give them a plaque to put on display? Although the this crew member, this crew decided not to put on display after all. But you know, again, this is part of the reason. You know, I and I saw some people post some things. It's all you know. We, you know, I did a whole show in New York on Get Over It, right? <clears throat> and I see some of our own people say, "Well, we've got to, we've got to let the bygones be bygones, and we've got to put that stuff in the past, and we've got to show forgiveness." You know, I'll tell you, and you know, one of the things that Degarundege and uh, um, uh, others tell me all the time. There's no word in Mohawk, and I don't know if there's a word in Seneca for forgiveness. You know, um, so I don't know. Uh, you know, when when people are off, are suggesting this, this is obviously a Christian influence. Um, you know, there is uh, under the code of, through the code of Handsome Lake, they they began this this idea of repentance, um, which is essentially like asking for forgiveness. But but that's not an, orig- an original part of our culture. So this idea um, of uh, creating or getting a resolution and resolving a conflict and 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 getting um, reaching a level of understanding. Sure, that's that's always been a part of it. You know, that's the idea of maintaining peace that we talked about last week. This idea that that peace isn't a noun; it is a it's a verb. It's a process. It's the idea of restoring balance. Well, you know, and again, as I said in my show in New York, we can't talk about um, getting over it if the if the genocide continues. And and as long as we're going to still have the same, uh, you know, the same conflicts with New York State, you know, trying to to squeeze us, not just New York State. I, mean, I just saw the the whole article in Oklahoma about the governor of Oklahoma trying to squeeze all the native um, gaming operations for uh, for revenue sharing there, and 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 it's almost this acceptance in the in the legal community that yeah, Iger is bad, and um, you know, we uh, we are in a position that we we will be extorted by uh by states for for revenue sharing well if that wasn't what was the original intent you know how do we get there i mean and how do we accept that and 
you know so we but this is this is kind of what we deal with so as we as we deal with the things like missing and murdered indigenous women as we deal with you know the the domestic violence issues that uh, you know that so many of our women and, and our our children are experiencing we know where this stuff comes from it comes from a history uh, of sexualization of our women of the rape culture that came with columbus and his men and every ship after that that came the idea that t- today we will have this debate over over brown people who have been migrating through various parts of the, of this hemisphere for thousands and thousands of years being told by white people that your immigrants go home to have a white person whose whose ancestry clearly comes from uh was not a part of a migratory pattern it was part of an invasion for all intents and purposes and and so to, and and to, and to see the the immigration policies of this country that have always favored white people they you know look it's been abusive to to Asians it's been abusive to and and even white people that they thought were too brown i mean uh, when you think about how italians were treated uh, you know not just after you know after uh, uh italy was considered one of the axis powers but even even before that i mean when you consider how people of of color their their only salvation was to become white enough to be accepted so whether you if you were a jew you had to convince the people that that Jewish was was white enough to be uh, to be a part of the you know the the white privilege. If you were Italian and you were of Southern Italy, so you had the darker complexion, you had to convince people no, you are white. But if you couldn't convince people you were, you were white because you just weren't white enough and were never going to be white enough, then you were going to continue to 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 feel this this you know this racism that came from the church came from these these colonizers and is still with us today so when people say get over it well look we could we could argue whether slavery is is really done or not you know when you think about the way people are are, are forced to work in poverty um the working poor we could argue whether slavery re- is really gone or not and certainly if you go through the rest of the world where other where peoples are, are working for essentially slave wages we can argue whether slavery is really gone or not but the effects of slavery, slavery certainly are not gone. That's why we have a disproportionate number of uh, uh, people of color in prisons, living in poverty, living in uh, in conditions that, you know, um, you know, as as Obama explained to, uh, in his Mandela eulogy, there are still people in the world, young people in the world, who uh, who live with without any hope for the future. Well, yeah, and we're not just talking Africa. We're talking about young people in the inner cities here. We're talking about young people who live on every native territory, uh, uh, you know, whether it's the U.S., Canada, South America, Mexico, Central America. We have, we have our people who have been the, among the most persecuted and the most oppressed people on the, on the face of the earth. All right, we're at the bottom of the hour. We'll take a break. This is John Kane with Ed Schindler. We'll be right back after another Murray Porter tune, I guess. What do we got? No more. Here we go. Murray Porter from his stand-up CD, This Is No More.
Thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. I'm here with Ed Schindler. And, of course, we got Jake Proud in the studio. Hey, I want to uh, thank our sponsors. I want to thank uh, Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses, uh, Eric White and ERW Enterprises, and uh, and a few others, uh, some who re- choose to remain anonymous that, uh, that support what we do here. Um, and we do this twice a week. We do this twice a week from here. I, uh, I also make a trip to New York every uh, every week to do a show down there uh, on a uh, middle of the fm dial wbai uh, 99.5 in new york city um and we try to have these conversations you know in in new york i try to offer a native perspective to issues that uh, that transcend just our own experiences here i try to talk about our issues and the issues that we're, we're confronted with so this you know this idea that the uh, the the now santa maria um shows up in buffalo and and has made the rounds and and as i said um, was embraced in Rochester by uh, by Ronald Garrow and company, and and again, he, he, while Ronald was suggesting here in his comments that that this wasn't a um, an apology, um, uh, let me see, how did, how did he put it here? He said um, uh, there was no acceptance of forgiveness in Rochester, but 
when I'm asking about the plaques is um, they he said the crew apologized for the now uh, and its crew apologized to all indigenous people for the effects of the Columbus voyage. Well, that's not the way they 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 shouldn't act that way here in, uh, in Buffalo. Put it that way. And he said that's what the plaque said. Well, then it's, if they apologize and then you presented them with a plaque that says they apologize, and then uh, you, the, you you asked that the captain would would display the plaque and and they said well we don't know that if he'll display it and now it turns out the crew says no he wouldn't display it. he he tossed it so um, yeah so much for you know gracious acceptance but anyway. I don't know the, the the whole thing is kind of is is kind of crazy and look uh, I don't condemn you know people for being gracious and I was pretty gracious with the with the com, uh, the conversation that I had with these folks uh, too uh, I to me it wasn't about them and and it wasn't about uh, a conflict or you know or tension between myself and and this crew but trying to get them to accept and and if if you did this in Rochester, it seemed like it had to be redone again here in Buffalo to accept because they were very um, conflicted. It seemed you know one gentleman w- w- was at least willing to engage us, but the rest of them they didn't want any part of having a conversation with us. They were not gracious in any me- way, shape, or form. They didn't even mention this idea of of the, of the plaque or the flag. They didn't want it. They didn't even want to have that conversation. So um, you know again. This is what we, um, on, on the face of some, some things, it, 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 there could be one impression. But, you know, when, when the backstory gets told, you realize that, uh, you know, how, how some of these people really feel about us. And, and I think that's what was displayed um, by this crew, uh, by how they dealt with both the Rochester uh, engagement and the Aquazosti engagement. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, look, I'm not trying to, you know, kick a dead dog here on uh, on this issue, but... We will always speak out of, about um, the atrocities of Columbus. In fact, I'm going to probably do an event. Um, uh, like I said, Nate, Nate Buckley was one of the guys, uh, and, his, and his dad were part of this, uh, the crew that was out there today. And I do events um, uh, on occasion at a burning bookstore on, uh, uh, on Connecticut uh, Avenue in, uh, in Buffalo. And this fall, we're going to do, uh, I, 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 just as I said here on the show, this film, Even the Rain, which is a Spanish language film with English subtitles, it's a great film. And um, we, we will do a screening of that film at Burning Bookstore uh, probably in September. We'll, we'll wait till we get out of the summer months because it's hard to, hard to draw much of a crowd. But I encourage, if you are a Spanish speaker, um, I would very much encourage you to be a part of of this screening because you you, uh, you even more so than than those of us who rely um, totally on the on the subtitles maybe pick up, w- perhaps we'll pick up some of the nuances that uh, that we have missed. Of course, I've seen the film half a dozen times, so I I think I've caught most of it. But um, uh, for those who will see this on for the first time, it is uh, it is a tremendous film. It is it's it's great in the way. It, just a uh, overview. It's it's a film about making a film about um, about Columbus, uh, and it, but it's but it's not a documentary. Uh, so it's a film about a crew that is filming a a, 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 a Christopher Columbus film. Uh, they don't do it in the in the Caribbean; they do it in Bolivia because it's cheaper. Um, that's part of the storyline. They you know they can pay the in- indigenous people practically nothing to uh, you know give them you know uh, you know pennies a day or whatever else or dollars a day for, uh, as extras. Um, but while this is going on, not only is there a, a certain 
racism that this even this film crew who is trying to tell this horrendous story about Columbus they too are demonstrating their racism towards the indigenous people that they're involving in the film but while this film is going on is a battle over water in Bolivia where multinational corporations are trying to control the water rights and charge everybody for water even people who are getting water from their own wells they were uh, taking over the the the, the, the both the groundwater and even the rainwater, and that's why the movie is called Even the Rain. So this is it's a great film, and we're going to screen that film uh, in at Burning Books Bookstore in um, th- this early this fall. So, uh, so so look for that, and uh, and I'll be a part of that screening. But uh, yeah, and if you, hey, look, you, you can find the trailer. Look for it up. Look look for it on. Um, uh, on YouTube, I think the film is on Netflix. So if you want to get a chance to, you know, perhaps you know, review the film before, you know, before we screen it, um, you know, the film showing the film is one thing. Having the conversation is is an, is another thing, and that's usually part of the great engagement. At least with the films that I've screened in New York and in Long Island, that's the way it's always gone. So um, uh, again, look forward to doing this film, and and it'll it'll definitely uh, you know give some. Um, some uncomfortable truths about uh, about Columbus and his men, not just Columbus, but and his men, including <laughs> some of the uh, the bishops and the uh, and the you know again the Catholic priests who were involved, uh, because that's also another one of those areas that people want to. In fact, one of the commentaries um, that uh, was offered on uh, I think on the. RBG, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, um, uh, short form video that we put up there. Someone was asking about other papal bulls that seem to repudiate the um, uh, the doctrine of discovery. And 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 look, I've got to say it: there was no repudiation of the doctrine of discovery. So just because you you adopt a policy that seems to contradict a previous uh, a previous policy, if you didn't do anything to resolve the policy that caused the conflict i mean trust me the catholic church didn't give any money back you know the catholic church didn't give any land back you know none of these you know so so the role the catholic church has has played in this genocide they did nothing to correct it so even if they changed a church policy by issuing a papal bull that perhaps has a different narrative than the doctrine of discovery the idea of you know telling these uh, these christian nations of europe to enslave people and to take away their their lands and their and their resources just because you took a policy that no longer supported that activity doesn't mean you did anything to correct what you caused by the of those people bulls in the first place so i mean it's and again i i think this this film even the rain gives you a little bit of an idea and even some of the tensions and the folks who want to uh, pretend that they were so righteous about how this thing all, all plays out. But um, do you, you've, have you seen the film? Not yet. I'll uh, I'll leave you a copy to take a take a look uh, take a look at it. It's uh, okay. it is a very good film, um, and so I look forward to 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 doing something with this. Um, as I was saying before the show, um, this week in New York, I'm gonna um, I'm doing a two hour special. On Thursday, uh, uh, WBAI is essentially celebrating Mandela Day. So there's going to be uh, special programming all day um, um, as a tribute to to Nelson and Winnie Mandela and you know and the and the struggle his his you know you know incredible imprisonment and then his rise as the uh, you know to, to lead South Africa um, the the whole bit. Um, for me. 
and and I think there there certainly is some, a lesson that uh, you know transcends you know the the African experience and and the Native experience, but you know one of the among the things that that I immediately go to when 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 I think about Mandela in his life and in his passing is a Barack Obama eulogizing Nelson Mandela. So as he's standing in front, in a, and it's all raining, it's it, but there's a huge crowd there, and so all these Africans are, are just uh, you know enamored with this idea that a that a U.S. president, a black U.S. president, is there to eulogize Mandela, and and Barack Obama goes on to talk about you know how blessed he feels like his he has been. You know, for his family, a black family, to have risen to the point of being the president and the first family of the of the United States, yeah, you know, in spite of all the adversity and 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 really kind of demonstrating just how far they've come, right? And then he says, "But there are still places in the world where young people have no hope for the future." And as he's saying that to an African crowd, you you can't help but feel like, are you ignoring the fact that? Those are places like that right back home, you know, the native territories of U.S. and Canada, where where young native people. You don't have to go to third world country. You don't have to go to Africa or South America or or any place else to find areas where there are young people who have been deprived, who have had their hope and opportunity stolen from them. Because I'll tell you, Barack Obama, you were part of that. You were part of that in the United States, Dakota Access Pipeline. That wasn't Trump's deal. That was yours. That was on your watch, and and we've seen you know mass deportations that took place under uh, under the Obama administration. You know, so look, I, I'm I'm troubled by celebrating um, some of these people who will will step up as if they have done something something grand when they've you know look and there are there are plenty of um very powerful politicians who are people of color but you know what they've made it they are part of the ruling class now and you know and and while they may throw a scrap here and there to you know to to people of color or or maybe you know give a good you know um you know, blow some smoke up <laughs> wherever on on various issues relating to immigration or you know the oppression of of, of you know uh, of people of color. They aren't really stepping up. They don't need to anymore. They've made it, and and that's kind of the way I heard Obama's eulogy of, uh, of Nelson Mandela. So I'm going to talk about that this um, this Thursday in in New York. But and I also you know regardless of how people feel about Leonard Peltier. Um, the one thing is true is clear that his trial was a sham, and that today he sits in a uh, in a federal prison as the longest serving uh, political prisoner in the certainly in the history of the United States, but maybe even globally at this point. Um, yeah, and, I, and again, I'm not getting into into a whole character conversation, or even you know um, this isn't about uh, anime aquash. This is about the trial that he went through, and the sham that it was. And that he still sits in a, in a federal prison, uh, you know, based on you know, on politics, not based on um, on what a, what they could prove in terms of his involvement in the death of two federal agents who were who 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 they themselves were there to cause trouble. But anyway, <clears throat> so that's what I got going on in New York and on WBAI um, for our Mandela Day. I'll be talking about. You know, again, the, the native political prisoner of record, um, as uh, as we talk about, you know, the life of Nelson Mandela, and 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 look, how again, however people feel about Winnie Mandela, 
while Nelson Mandela was in prison, Winnie Mandela was was hardcore, and she was you know she was in the trenches doing work through that entire time. So, however the relationship ended up, uh, you know, at, at the end, you know, you can't deny the solid work that Winnie Mandela did and the incredible, you know, endurance and uh, and courage that uh, that Nelson Mandela uh, displayed through his entire um, ordeal as being being a political pres- a prisoner in, in uh, apartheid South Africa. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on any of those. I was just thinking in terms of the <clears throat> the thing that Obama was known for was health care. But I think the people have to start understanding that their health care depends not only on their body. They have to start um, getting educated, learning. Mental learning health. about <laughs> themselves and that'll help to release some of that tension some of that anxiety and some people some downright depression um, that I think is something that is being overlooked for a long time well and again you know as as much as uh, uh, Obama was known for health care you have to understand he um, he bolstered the, the health insurance industry uh, which is not the same insurance is not health care Insurance is a financial product, and and that's what was really created with um, uh, with Obamacare. And you know, and and as you said, uh, Ed, there was a there are a lot of things that did not get uh, that still have not been adequately uh, addressed in terms of mental health and, uh, and 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 so much of the 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 you know again the, the mental health issues that people suffer from. And and it's funny with a lot of these things when when you understand the. Uh, the the intergenerational trauma that people of color have experienced, mm-hmm. whether you're you're black, you know, as a result of of that slave era and Jim Crow and racism, blatant racism, um, an entire war fought within a country over over the issue of slavery, or whether you're native people and have suffered everything from massacres to genocide to slavery, um, and and all these issues, mental health doesn't get the attention, and in fact, you know, one of the things that that is clear. And and again, I was listening to a program even this week about the the opioid um, um, crisis. As long as it was just people of color who were were um, having addiction problems, yeah. including including and especially heroin, as long as it was just primarily black people, it wasn't a problem. But then when white people started experiencing, all of a sudden, now it's all about treatment. It's not about punishment it isn't about crime and punishment now it's about treatment and and treating addiction as a disease that wasn't the conversation you know when uh, uh, when it comes to people of color being uh, being lured into substance abuse whether it was through crack cocaine or the availability of heroin look you know one of the reasons that even some of the places in south america are such unpleasant places to live is because of the insatiable appetite of Americans for the dr- uh, for the drugs they consume, and the fact that they've created these drug cartels and and, and gang violence in, in everything from South America to to South America and Central America. I mean, all these places that that have, have experienced some of this 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 breakdown in their in their social fabric ha- still has a lot to do with, with with the American appetite for certain things, and and when that appetite for uh, some of the more debilitating drugs, not just you know pure refined cocaine. As long as it was white people doing that, that was okay because they could be functional drug addicts. But the crack cocaine and the meth and the stuff that was really deteriorating uh, human bodies 
And then with the with the heroin crisis, and now that it's not just heroin, it's fentanyl. Now all of a sudden, everybody's treating it as a, as this you know this epidemic health crisis. It wasn't being treated as a as a health crisis when it was just people of color. So it, again, the the racial component to the stuff is uh, is is undeniable, and it's. It makes it, it makes it very very difficult because you know again the mental health issues because now that you can treat drugs as a mental health issue you know you you say it all the time that that a lot of these substances are uh, substance abuse issues they aren't the problem they are they are a symptom of a problem and usually the problem that they are a symptom of are mental health issues yes and I think that goes right back to what I was talking about because people are talking about like uh, gun control they're talking about um, all the different civic responsibilities that people are looking at, whether whether they're race-related or not, doesn't matter. But they're looking at that, and I'm looking at what we have to understand is we have to learn those basic skill levels in order to be able to communicate, in order to be able to resolve an issue, whatever it may be, in a manner which is going to be understood and helpful to basically everyone involved. And if we don't do that, then there's no no need to. There, there's no pathway to, to resolution. None. I mean, the biggest thing with communication is, you know, that gets missed is we don't recognize the cry for help. Yeah, we don't I, recognize the, the the outreach that not only that people are, are putting out there as they're asking for help, but nor do we recognize how to offer that help. Right. That's all part of the, the the very communication issues that you talk about. Yeah, we don't even know how to listen to whatever it is that they're protesting or whatever it is they're they're speaking of and and wanting to take care of. Take a look at the immigration policy of Trump. He thinks they're out to invade, and the fact of the matter is, they're here at work basically. Most yeah, but of I, don't, them. I don't think he even thinks that. I think that's just I think that's the the strategy, that's, right? The strategy is to is to cast uh, you know these people as uh, as a threat. You know, and you know, but this is the, again, we get back to the same place. There's, there's this, there's this line that cr- gets crossed where, where white privilege starts to become white fragility. Yes. And so when you, when you have to realize, okay, we need to um, uh, protect ourselves from, from a changing demographics. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, a browning of, uh, of America that was brown to start with. <laughs> Uh, that's that's where some of this white privilege starts to uh, starts to you know f- diminish to the point where it starts to feel more like um, insecurity, and that's where you know white privilege becomes this white fragility. And you know, and look, I I don't have a problem with with treating many of these 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 symptoms of a, of, a, of mental il- illness, um, treating them the way. That conversation is happening now. The problem I have is that it hasn't been always dealt that way, and so even today, as we're dealing with um, like the missing and murdered Indigenous women issues, th- those things are still being written off as as just our people being discontent and running away. They want to treat every missing woman or missing missing boy as a as a runaway, and even if they are runaways, they're not addressing why are they runaways. Yeah. So it's like you can always victim shame, or you can say, "Well, you know, the problem is it's their it's their own behavior that is that that's causing the the problems for themselves." And that's the way you know that's the way people of color are being treated. But until it starts to hit home with white people, it doesn't become you know a national emergency, right? 
That's true. <laughs> so, all right. So anyway, um, uh, do let's see. Today's only Saturday, right? Yeah, today's only Saturday. So we'll be back here on Tuesday. But um, I did want to prepare people for what we what we are going to do in uh, in New York on on Thursday with the Mandela Day. Um, uh, and look, we're, I'm going to still follow through some of uh, some of this that's that's playing out with uh, not all, uh, not just with the Santa Maria ship, but um, there was even a, uh, like I said, a film crew that that we may end up trying to meet with on you know uh, maybe on Monday or, uh, before these guys head out of, head out of town. Um, I think it's important that people realize if you're going to put a Columbus replica ship on display, then there's there's a whole lot of us that are not just going to let you tell um, uh, tales of heroism. We're, we're just not going to let you do it. Not with us offering our counter narrative to uh, to the Columbus story, the the real narrative to the Columbus story, because it isn't um, this pageantry and, and celebration that uh, that should come w- uh, that should be invoked with with Columbus's name the atrocities should be invoked and that's what we're uh, we're committed to doing that so um, and I look I understand that there are people from Spain and and, and people from Italy in particular Italian Americans who have turned Columbus into their patron saint well you should have chosen better and there are many other better Italians that uh, that you could you know cling to than uh, than this sorry Joker. So uh, I guess we'll we'll just go out on that. Um, thanks for listening. Um, uh, again, you can see some of the the pictures that we posted up uh, during the show, and um, you, you can see them on my, on my Facebook page. And maybe we'll have some more follow up with this as we as we go on. Maybe we'll catch some of the the video footage that was taken, and uh, we'll get to offer it up. This is John Kane with Ed Schindler and Jake Proud. We'll uh, see you on Tuesday. Yahweh. Yahweh.